This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. So today I'm just going to be focusing on the last couple of verses of letter number 17 on philosophy and riches. And this is the segment of the letter where Seneca gives his quote, uh, usually from Epicurus, and that is the case today. And uh, and I thought that this quote was worth uh, giving it a whole episode to focus on. Uh, and I hope that you've listened to the past three episodes, uh, which have detailed the rest of this letter. But this one really kind of puts a cherry on the cake of this letter and, and allows us to see yet another point uh, towards the direction of of what Seneca is teaching us here, which is that uh, we don't want to delay our study of philosophy and our seeking of wisdom in favor of seeking money or material goods in order to give us a feeling of safety in life. And so uh, I guess I'll read these verses and then we'll pick them apart and see what we can take away from them. He says, quote, I might close my letter at this point if I had not got you into bad habits. One cannot greet Parthian royalty without bringing a gift, and in your case I cannot say farewell without paying a price. But what of it? I shall borrow from Epicurus. The acquisition of riches has been for many men not an end, but a change of troubles. I do not wonder, for the fault is not with the wealth, but in the mind itself. That which had made poverty a burden to us has made riches also a burden. Just as it matters little whether you lay a sick man on a wooden or a golden bed, for whithersoever he be moved, he will carry his malady with him. So one need not care whether the diseased mind is bestowed upon riches or upon poverty. His malady goes with the man. Farewell. End quote. So, my interpretation of what Seneca is doing here is it seems like he's taking this quote from Epicurus, a great one of that, and he's using it to put the final nail in the coffin of wealth and this idea of safety that comes from wealth uh, as it relates to uh, the argument that he's been making throughout the entire letter. And the quote that he uses is just perfect. You know, Epicurus saying that uh, when a person gets wealth, often this has not led to uh, a a reduction in in, in troubles, but merely a change in the troubles. And, you know, we've heard this from so many people in society that, you know, the problems don't go away, they just become different. And what Seneca points out, which is very reasonable, and I'm sure that we can all see the logic in what he's saying, uh, is that it has to be, uh, seeing as both poverty and wealth bring their own troubles, right? And that both people who are extremely wealthy and people who have very little money uh, can be either happy or sad, you know, uh, angry or fulfilled. Uh, You know, he says that because of that, it has to be in the mind. It has to be within the vessel, right, that holds the money, uh, that uses the money, uh, where the real trouble lies. And, And this is really just finishing up all of these arguments that he's been making throughout this letter and showing us that Uh, If you think 
that by seeking wealth and uh, and status and uh, attaining material goods is going to keep you safe in life from the troubles that are, uh, are in front of you. Uh, that's just a lie and you still believe it. It's a narrative that is running through your head that you believe that is not based on any sort of real uh, justification, but merely on this narrative that everybody is always told that, uh, you know, getting more money will lead to more happiness or more fulfillment. But Seneca's argument is no, it's it, it's it's not going to change, right? Because you're still going to be in the same mind. You're still going to have the same thoughts and desires, and it's never going to be enough for you. But if you can see that it's in the mind, then what that means is that philosophy must come first. You must seek wisdom before all else. And if you do that, then what will happen is no matter what situation you're faced with in your life, you're going to have the wisdom to be able to deal with it and to be able to get the most out of it, whether it is riches or poverty, right? No matter what you're faced with in your life, no matter what situation, you'll have the wisdom to know how you can get through it and how you can deal with it effectively and uh, and still experience a flourishing mind. And, you know, it's truly beautiful for me personally to be uh, uh, reading this idea from Seneca because it really takes me back to a memory of uh, one of the original kind of uh, philosophical thoughts that I had that led me in the direction of, of seeking some kind of deeper wisdom for my life. Uh, and that thought was that, you know, there are a lot of people around me who said that you know, this is the only way uh, to a happy life. And then another person would say, well, no, this is the only way to a, a meaningful life. Life. And, and there are so many people I could see throughout the world who uh, had their own ideas of this is the only thing that can lead to a happy life, right? And one of the things that I always wondered was, well, hang on, if that's the only thing, then why are there people over here who don't have that who seem to be living an extremely meaningful life? Uh, why are there people in every single religion or every th- single wealth status or every single country uh, who seem to claim that they, that they are happy and fulfilled and living meaningful lives? And I think that that thought for me was the thing that led me away from more ideological forms of thinking about the world and in the direction of uh, seeking uh, wisdom that existed everywhere that was common to all people, you know, wisdom that uh, I know is firm foundation uh, that would lead me to a meaningful life. And I've fallen into many ideological traps along the way, but uh, hopefully what happens is you move more in the direction of the things that are common, the things that uh, really make a difference in uh, in the, the levels of meaning and flourishing that you experience in your life. And, and that seems to be what Seneca is talking about here. He's asking us to seek philosophy. He's not, you know, this, this is a very important thing that is now coming to me, right? And, and it's important to say this. He's not saying seek stoicism first. He's not saying become a stoic and then you can go and live your life. He's saying seek philosophy and philosophy is not just stoicism. Philosophy is wisdom. You know, it's the love of wisdom. And the philosopher is somebody who seeks wisdom, which according to Seneca is that which is in common, you know, among all things. It's, 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 it's the things that bring all things together into harmony. And so, 
ultimately, this is just a great way to end this whole letter because this whole letter he's been trying to say, listen, you need to seek philosophy or seek wisdom first, right? Then you can go off and you can do, you, you know, whatever you do in your life and you will have that firm foundation to hold you and to nurture you and to nourish your soul throughout every circumstance of your life, right? And and he's finishing this letter by giving us this great quote from Epicurus who, that shows us uh, that really problems don't go away when we get material goods. They just change. Uh, and, and the thing that is actually going to make a massive difference in your life, the thing that will actually lead uh, to you having a flourishing life and filling that void that we all feel in our lives from time to time, that is going to be greater wisdom in your life. That is going to be a deeper understanding of what it means to live a fulfilling and flourishing life. And that certainly seems to me to be a worthy thing to aim at first in life. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've enjoyed all of these episodes covering this letter. And finally, we're finished with this letter. We can move on to number 18. And I know that we're moving through this whole series of letters at a snail's pace, but I hope that by the end, what we have is a very in-depth look at Seneca's entire philosophy uh, and who he was and what he really wanted us to get out of these writings. So again, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next time.